Go to Ephesians. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to read quite a bit of scripture and then we're just going to kind of break it down. Thank you, Lord. The presence of the Lord is in this place. Amen. Praise God. Aren't you glad you're here? Amen. Pastor will be back soon. Don't worry. We're holding down the church till he gets Amen. here. <laughs> the good news is that the Holy Spirit is here. Amen. Are you at Ephesians now? Ephesians 4? Okay, well, let's start with verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk in the rest of the, of the, as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin, and do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. And let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him who is need, has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. But let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Amen. Father God, we ask for you to bless the reading of your holy word, and we ask you to teach us, give us fresh revelation, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 Okay, well, y'all can sit down. We're going to talk about the word. We're going to talk about what we just read. I know we read a lot, but... It's important. I believe that what we read is, is so very, very important, not just to new people coming into the church, but also to a reminder for those of us that have been walking with the Lord for a while. You know, we, we need to be reminded about what he expects from us. And he's with us by the power of his spirit. He is with us to enable us to walk according to his standards and his principles and not the standards of this world. We're going to talk about the manifestation of God's glory in our lifestyles and walking in the light. Is that all right? We're going to talk about our lifestyles. You know what? It's all about uh, choices. Everything in your life is about a choice. I, I love it when the, when the Holy Spirit touches different people to teach on different things. And Sister Christina told me tonight, she's, she's teaching that in her class, that how important our choices are. 
Because you know what? For every choice that we make, there is a consequence. It's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. So let's make right choices. I think of the people that drink and drive and get messed up and hurt somebody or maybe even kill somebody. Well, you can be forgiven for that in the spirit realm, but you got to live with that and you got to pay the consequences for that. I know a young woman right now, very young woman right now that's in the penitentiary for doing just that. And she's precious, but she made a really bad choice. So we got to be careful with our choices. Even as we get older, we have to be careful with our choices because we always have consequences to deal with. I like this scripture in uh, Matthew 7 verses. And you might want to write these scriptures down. We don't have to go to all of them tonight, but I hope that you're going to go home and meditate on this teaching after we get through with it tonight. I hope you're going to go home and spend some time in the word for yourself. But in Matthew 7 verses 13 and 14, it says, enter by the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. In other words, Jesus is the gate. Follow him, keep your eyes fixed on him because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And I know that most of you in here tonight and probably all of you in here tonight have found that way, the way, that gate called Jesus. But now, now our job is to take that information to those that don't know him and also to demonstrate a lifestyle to others so it'll make them want to know him, make them thirsty. We're supposed to be salt. We're supposed to be the salt of the earth. Success or failure in the natural or in the spiritual are all about the choices that we make. I know y'all get that. In this section of the scriptures that we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to look at using the word like Pastor Dale talked about last week and in the power of the Holy Spirit to help us make the right choices. We're going to talk about walking in the light and walking in righteousness uh, let me, I want to read verse 17 again. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of the mind, in the futility of the mind. That reminds me of Romans 12 too. And do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind through Christ Jesus that you may prove what is the good and the acceptable and perfect will of God. To be transformed means to be changed from the inside out. And let me just say to you that nothing and nobody can change you from the innermost parts of your being except the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's no other, there's no shortcut. You've got to yield to him. So we've got to let God's word and his Holy Spirit transform us or the world will conform us to itself. I mean, many of you I know have walked in, in, the, in the worldly lifestyle. I've walked in a worldly lifestyle. And trust me when I tell you, if you don't let the Holy Spirit have his way, the world will have its way. And it's a choice. It's a choice pretty much of discipline. It's a choice of discipline. Once you're born again, then it's a choice for discipline. I, I'm not going to be conformed to this world. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to transform me from the inside out. 
You make that choice. And you know, that process is very uncomfortable. A lot of people will not endure the discomfort of that process because it involves pruning. I mean, when we come to the Lord, when we get born again and when his spirit is made alive in us, there's stuff that has to be taken out of our lives because see, immediately the Holy Spirit begins to build the character of God in us. That's the whole idea that we get to be more, become more and more like Jesus, but it's a process. And many turn away because they don't want to go through that. Pruning. I want to read verse 17 again in the Amplified or from the Amplified. So this I say and solemnly testify in the name of the Lord as is in his presence, that you must no longer live as the heathen do in their perverseness, in the folly, in the vanity, and the emptiness of their souls and the futility of of their minds. We're going to talk about the futility of their minds in a minute. So the first step in walking in the spirit is to allow the Holy Spirit to renew our minds. Many are controlled by their minds and their emotions. Many people are. I hate to say it, but women are kind of guilty of that. More guilty maybe than men. You know, if you let your emotions run you and rule you, you're going to be on a big roller coaster. Because if your feelings are directing your steps as opposed to the Holy Spirit, you might feel one way in the morning, another way at lunch, and some other way in the evening. So we've got to get a hold of that in Jesus' name and allow the Holy Spirit to have his way. The most miserable people are not sinners. The most miserable people are Christians that have given their hearts to Jesus, but they haven't yielded to the Holy Spirit, and they're still trying to live in the world. They haven't yielded to the Holy Spirit. They got saved, but that was it. They just got saved and they stopped there. I know that's not true for any of y'all, right? No. Listen to what it says in Romans 7, 24. Paul writes about his struggle. Now, Paul was a mighty man of God, but he had a struggle. He had a struggle. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from, from this body of death? He had confessed earlier that he knew what he ought to do, but he just didn't do it. <laughs> he kept falling into the law of sin and death. He knew what he ought to do, but he just didn't do it. Have y'all ever done that? Has that ever happened to y'all? But thank goodness Paul discovered, and thank goodness we know that in Romans 8 it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. It's talking about a lifestyle. Are you walking in the flesh or are you walking in the spirit? Whichever one you feed the most will win. Are you feeding your flesh or are you feeding your spirit man? Because it's a fact, whichever one you feed the most will win. In Galatians 5, 16, it says this, Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, that's good news. Let the spirit have his way and you won't walk in the flesh. In other words, choose the right path. The Holy Spirit will choose for you if you'll let him. He's our helper. The Bible says he's our helper. 
a large part of self-discipline is just to listen for the Holy Spirit and obey him. He's never going to agree with sin. So if you're getting ready to go sin somewhere, he's not going to agree with you and you're not going to be comfortable. If you're born again and the spirit of, of God has been made alive within you, it's not, you're not going to feel comfortable when you try to continue to sin. Truly the most miserable people are those who are trying to continue in the lifestyle of the world and the Holy Spirit is harassing them constantly to turn and come back to God. That's his job. I, I thank God that's his job because he pulls us up quick. If we're walking in the spirit, he'll pull us right up. Have you ever been in mid-sentence, getting ready to say something and he checks you right quick and you wanna go, ah, I really wanna say that. But he pulls you up. Or if you're about to go someplace or not go someplace, maybe you're thinking, yeah, well, maybe I won't go tonight. You know, maybe I won't go to church tonight. And he says, you need to go. And he just begins to draw you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you end up at church and you praise God for it. If you don't follow after God, you will be ignorant of what the word says. And you cannot be a spirit man or woman unless you are a word man or woman. Pretty much what Pastor Dale was talking about last week. And I love the scripture that he quoted. My people perish for lack of knowledge. Hosea 4 verse 6. In case you missed it last week. But you know, there are people that don't know that Jesus loves them and that he can save them, that he can redeem them from the curse. They don't know. And so they flounder around or in fact, they perish. And there are people that don't know that he'll deliver them from drugs and alcohol and pornography and everything else that the world has to offer. But they don't know. So they stay there in that place, floundering around, being miserable. Or they don't know that Jesus is a healer. They don't know God said, I am the God that healeth thee. They don't know. And so they perish for lack of knowledge. I don't know about you, but I want to know what his word says. You've got to get in the word, discover what it says and obey it before you will be able to walk in the Holy Spirit effectively. Because see what happens is that the Holy Spirit like you may be going through something and you may begin to talk to God and the Holy Spirit will pull a scripture up out of your spirit, man. And it'll give you, it'll give you strength for that minute. I'll never forget when I had to go through the whole cancer deal. Uh, before I got my report, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, be anxious for nothing. And I thought, oh, yay. I'm not going to have to go through all that. It's going to be okay. It's going to be negative. But a day and a half later, I got the information that it wasn't negative, that I was going to have to go through it. But then I went and read the rest of that scripture. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication, make your petition known to me and I will give you my peace that passes all human understanding and I will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Amen. And I stood on that. And did you know that I walked through that situation without any fear? And if the fear tried to come on me, I'd just say, uh-uh. He said, he said, be anxious for nothing. So see, you need to know what the word says. Now, when I heard that scripture, when he said, be anxious for nothing, I couldn't quote the whole scripture. But you better believe that I went and got it in my spirit, man, the whole thing. 
So the Holy, the Holy Spirit will pull that scripture up out of you. You might be ministering to yourself or you might be ministering to somebody else. You might be needing to pray for somebody uh, that, that's sick. I remember one time when I was first born again and I, I, was, I had gone to visit a woman in the hospital and, and I didn't know much word, but I knew God was a healer. Because I did read the part that when he said, I am the God that healeth thee. And at that time, uh, we were singing a song about healing. And I couldn't remember the full scripture, so I began to sing that song to her. Because it stated that God was the healer. So you see what I'm talking about? The word is so important, as Pastor Dale was saying last week. Because that's what God, the Holy Spirit is going to pull up out of you. To minister to you or to minister to others. In verse 18, it says, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, once again, lack of knowledge, because of the blindness of their heart. So having your understanding darkened is opposite of light, but God is light. God is light. And here's what it says in 1 John 1, five through seven. It says, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. In him is no darkness at all. Praise his name. He brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Thank you, Lord. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Say, thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So fellowship in that verse means a working relationship. We need a working relationship with the God of light. A working relationship. That means we're talking to him every day. A whole bunch during the day. Just through the course of the day. If you will make the choice to walk in the light, and if you will listen to the Holy Spirit, when you get uncomfortable spiritually, just stop. Just stop like you do when he checks you in your spirit and you're getting ready to say the wrong thing. (laughs) The Holy Spirit in you will guide you into all truth. That's what the Bible says. He says he won't lead you into evil, but he will lead you into all truth. Another thing we need to remember is light reveals. Light reveals. James 1 verse 17 says, every good, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And it comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And the reason there's no shadow with God is because he's light. If you see a shadow in your life, step into the light. Light reveals, light doesn't just reveal darkness in you, but it'll reveal darkness in others. Maybe you don't need to be with. But I'm going to tell you a good habit that I've started many, many years ago. And that is every day when you get up, say, Holy Spirit, please shine your bright light down into the dark corners of my soul 
and reveal to me if there's anything in there that's not of you. I told that to a lady one time and she said, and actually she was a pastor's wife and she said, ooh, I'd be afraid to do that. And I said, really? Because I'm afraid not to. I'm afraid not to because he's the only one that can see what's down in there. He's the only one. So light reveals not just the darkness of others, but the darkness in each of us. Light destroys darkness. Now, I just want to make this statement concerning everything in our lives. There's a your part and there's a God's part. I think of the man with the withered hand when he went to Jesus for him to be healed. Jesus said, stretch out your hand. He had a part to do. And then Jesus healed him. And I think about the the story in the scriptures about the loaves and the fishes. Jesus said, "Uh, bring me what you have. And they brought him what he had and he fed all those thousands of people. But they had to do something. He asked them to do something. And there was the man that was crippled that was on the mat. And he told him, take up your bed and walk or take up your mat and walk. And the 10 lepers that came to him to be healed of leprosy, he he said, go and tell the priest that you're healed. And as they went, they were healed. And he tells us to do something too. And what he wants us to do is obey. He wants our obedience. That's our part. Our part is obedience and his part is a miracle. Our part is always obedience. Our part is to walk in the light. As we walk in the light, God will give us revelation and direction. You know, Pastor talked about that last week, about asking for revelation. Asking for revelation. You know, uh, before I come to church on Sundays, I always ask God to tell me how to pray for people because I pray for people up here. And for the last two or three Sundays, what he's told me is, pray that they'll have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of me. I prayed that over tonight in in, in our midst because we need a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. We all need it. So if we listen to the voice of God and we obey his voice, when we obey, he brings forth light into your thinking and into your living. As our minds are enlightened, we will begin to walk in the light of God and there won't be any more earthbound thinking for us. We walking in God's light. If we will walk in his light, we will not be taken by surprise. I like that. I don't like those kind of surprises. I remember one time when I was driving and I, I was a little bit rebellious. It was a long time ago and, and uh, seatbelts had just become a law. And I, I was in Houston and I didn't, I, I, I'm sorry to say I was kind of disobedient. I just didn't wear them very often. One day it was kind of rainy and I was driving and the Holy Spirit said, put on your seatbelt. I said, oh Lord, do I have to? I knew that I needed to and I put it on and within seconds I was hit from behind and there was like a 10 car pileup. Thank God the Holy Spirit spoke to me and thank God I was obedient. You see what I'm talking about? The Holy Spirit wants to direct our steps at all times. He'll give us insight. We don't want our understanding darkened. We want to be men and women of light. 
So learn that scripture. In fact, I think I'm going to teach on that next week. I'm teaching again, by the way. So everybody come back. That futility that, that the Bible is talking about in verse 17 reflects five or more traits of worldly thinking. We don't want to think like the world. But the Greek means to cease to care. And here it means emptiness. It means purposelessness. It means darkened understanding. It means alienation from God. It means ignorance of God's way and a hardened heart. And it means an unfeeling state. Man, I don't want to be like that, do you? Well, that's a worldly way of thinking. That futility of the mind. You know, the world just doesn't know about spiritual things. They're empty. I think about the young movie stars that are famous and handsome or beautiful and have all the money in the whole wide world and everybody knows their name. And the next thing you know, they commit suicide. Why is that? Because they're, they're empty. Because Jesus satisfies. And I'm going to tell you, he's the only thing that does satisfy. Have y'all tried to get satisfied in other ways? Because I did before the Lord pulled me in. And there wasn't one thing in the world that was satisfying. Nothing. Thank you, Lord. I want to read you a scripture from 2 Corinthians 5.17, and it's kind of about changing clothes. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So see, we are a new creation in Christ. You have a new life force living within you. And there are people who are going to church all the time, but they've never learned to walk in the Spirit. They have the potential, but they've never learned to walk in the Spirit because they haven't taken off the old and put on the new. I heard a preacher say one time that sometimes when people first start coming to church after they get uh, born again, they come in their grave clothes. And the the preacher that did that... (laughs) Uh, I remember now who he was talking about was a young woman who had had kind of a promiscuous lifestyle and she used to come to church every Sunday with real, 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 real short shorts on. And she was still in her grave clothes. She she just hadn't changed on. She still had on her old tattered garment. She hadn't put on a robe of pure white. That's an old song that we used to sing. In fact, Sister Linda used to play that song on her trumpet. And I'm going to tell you, that is one amazing song, and she does an amazing job with that horn. I almost asked her to bring it tonight. He took our old tattered garments when he died on the cross for us, and he gave us a robe of pure white. And now we're eating manna from heaven, and that's why we're happy tonight. (laughs) Amen. So those people that are born again have the potential, but they haven't taken off the old and put on the new, and they haven't begun to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I want to be renewed in my mind. I want to be renewed in my emotions. I want to think like Jesus, and I want to live according to his principles and his standards and not those of this world. 
I was telling uh, somebody earlier tonight that my, I stayed with my son for a couple of weeks when he had back surgery and his son was still at home at that time. He's now gone to college. And every time that kid left the house, he'd say, I love you, son, make the right choice. That's a good thing to say. We need to be reminded. It's our, uh, we have that opportunity every single day, all day long to make the right or wrong choice. So here's the right, here's the question for you. Are you dressed for success spiritually? Have you taken off the old and put on the new? Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You know, when you're first born again, and I don't know how many people in here are just born again, but, but when you're first born again, the devil will try to mess with your mind and tell you that you, you know, it's not really any big deal. You're still the same old person. And I was so glad that I learned that scripture. Uh-uh, devil. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm new. Say, I'm new. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Okay, in verse 20, it says, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. And so that tells me that I can hear the voice of God and I can be taught by his spirit. And his spirit will lead me into all truth. I hope y'all go home and, and study these, these uh, scriptures after this teaching. So as we study God's word and as we walk in the spirit, we take off the old and we put on the new. Behavior that used to be acceptable will no longer be acceptable. Have y'all already found that to be true? Things that I never I ever gave a second thought. Well, I don't like it anymore. Sin will become disgustingly sinful to you. You're not going to run around judging everybody, but you'll just know that it's the truth because we're putting off our old lifestyles that were, uh, that were dominated by the world and we're putting on our new lifestyle of obedience and we're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The old lifestyle was a lifestyle of disobedience. Grace is our gift from God. Faith is our response to that gift and glory is the result. I don't know about you, but I want my lifestyle to glorify God. There's an old song called, In My Life, Lord, Be Glorified. I want Jesus to be glorified in my life. I wanna be a good example. Do I get it all right? Are you gonna get it all right? No. But I said, thank God for the blood of Jesus. Amen. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. In verse 25, it says, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. You know, that seems like a simple thing to do just to tell the truth, doesn't it? Amen. It seems like it'd be simple to do that. My Bible study teacher in Houston told a story about a little girl and uh, and every time you'd say, would you like some candy? She'd say, maybe. And they'd say, well, would you like to go to the circus? Maybe. And one day that someone asked her, why don't you ever just, why do you always say maybe? And she said, why don't you just say yes or no? And she said, well, because I don't ever want to lie. Well, not lying doesn't mean to be indecisive. You know, you decide what you believe and you stand up and believe it. 
You know, nowadays everybody texts everybody, so you don't have to worry so much about lying around that. But back in the old days, before those, everybody started texting, somebody might call and say, can I speak to your mother? And you tell the kids, I, just tell them I'm not here. Or tell them I'm doing something, whatever. And there's no reason to lie like that. Just tell them, I, I, I can't talk right now. I'll call you back as soon as I can. That hardly ever happens anymore since the, nobody ever uses the phone like that anymore. They text all the time. Verse 26. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Verse 27. Nor give place to the devil. See, if we walk in anger, we will give place to the devil. Have y'all discovered that? We can't afford to walk around angry. We have to shake off the offense. If you get angry from time to time, anger gives opportunity for the devil to come in. So you've got to shake it off and you can't let it have the whole day. It might get you for an hour or so, but don't give it the whole day. And certainly don't give it the whole night. Get rid of it quick. Don't be easily offended. And you know what? We have a chance every day to be offended. One way or another, whether it's by somebody we know or somebody we don't know in a store or whatever. But we've got a purpose in our hearts. I'm not going to be easily offended. And if you do get offended, shake it off, give it to the Lord, and go on. Don't stay in a state of anger. The enemy uses anger and offense to divide the church. You know, I invited somebody to come to this church. This was a long time ago, but I invited, and I still do invite people to come to the church, but this happened a long time ago. I asked someone to come to our church and they said, well, I'd like to, but I can't come because so-and-so goes there and I just, you don't know what they did to me. And so I just can't come. I said, oh, okay. Well, don't be easily offended. <laughs> Jesus loves you. <laughs> so the, the, the enemy will use that. He wants to get you ang angry and offended so that you'll give up your position of power. That'll rob you of your power. <clears throat> We've got to control our emotions. Verse 28. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him who is in need. You know, really the first motive for a believer to make a living is so he or she will have something to give into the kingdom of God. We, wanna, we want to invest in kingdom living. And we want to invest in those who have a need. Doesn't it bless you to be able to give somebody, help somebody out in their time of need? It blesses me. So get a job, go to work. God will help you. He'll make a way. He'll make a way for you to go to work. You don't have to steal. <laughs> um, the Bible says that a man who doesn't work or take care of his family is worse than an infidel. Verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Corrupt means anything that doesn't encourage or uplift the hearer. Anything that doesn't encourage or uplift the person that you're talking to. 
Have you ever noticed that when, if, you know, you get with somebody and they don't say anything at all except something negative, and by the time you leave there, you just, huh. thank heavens they're gone. <laughs> so we don't want to do that. We, when, when we're talking to people, even if they have a, a negative confession, even if they have, well, and you know, sometimes they just have something going on that's broken their heart or they're, they're in a bind or whatever. We need to encourage and, and lift them up. We need to edify them. We don't need to agree with them. Colossians 4, 6 says this, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. See, the word tells us we need to make other people thirsty for our lifestyle, thirsty for our Lord, thirsty to be a Christian. Verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. To grieve means to cause injury or dis distress. You can feel the grieving of the Holy Spirit when you're being disobedient and you're willfully sinning. Have any of y'all ever had that experience? Don't be ashamed, I have. I've had that experience. I hated it, I hate that feeling. But thank God for the Holy Spirit that it's his job to pull us up, pull us up quickly. First Thessalonians 5.19 says, don't quench the spirit. Don't quench the spirit. To quench carries the idea of dampening, uh, dampening the flame of the Holy Spirit fire. Remember how when we used to sing, Lord, send down the fire? Because that fire is what purifies and stirs us up and consumes our sin. So don't grieve the Holy Spirit with corrupt communication. Verses 31 and 32. <clears throat> Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ Jesus forgave you. You know, Matthew, in Matthew 5, it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Bitterness comes from unresolved anger and unforgiveness. I hope there's nobody here walking in unforgiveness tonight. I don't think there's any more uncomfortable way to walk than in unforgiveness. I did that for many years of my life, and it was a terrible way to live. Stayed angry a lot. So we gotta make the right choices. We gotta take off the old tattered garments and put on the new robe of righteousness. We've gotta, we've gotta uh, take off the old and put on the new. We've gotta allow the Holy Spirit to have his way in us, that he might begin that process of building the character of God, the character of Jesus Christ in us. He's the only one that can do it. Are all of you here ready just to surrender to the Holy Spirit and let him have his way? He has such a great plan for us. It's so much better than anything we can think up. I know many of you probably walked in your own plan for a long time before you got to Jesus. I did. 
And by the time I got to Jesus, my plan had failed so miserably that I didn't even want to live anymore. And so I just went before him and I just said, either take me out of here or change me. I'm done. I'm done. And praise God, he changed me. He changed me. All I had to do, he saw my heart. He knew I had come to the end of myself. You know, that's all it takes. It's just coming to the end of yourself. If you're struggling with some sort of an addiction or, or just some secret thing that you do that you're embarrassed about, all you have to do is tell him and say, I don't want it anymore. I want you to take it. I want your peace. I want you to take all of, the, all, all of my old behavior and make me brand new, and he will do it. He did it for me, and he'll do it for you. I want to share something with you that was in, uh, it was like a note in my Bible, and I liked it a lot, and I just want to share it with you. Because of the great love God has for us, he has cleansed us by his blood, making us holy by his grace. We cannot earn his forgiveness or become holy through our works. It is by grace through faith in Jesus that we are made righteous. However, God has created us to do good works. So do good things that God gives you to do, but know that you are holy by his grace. Father God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth, Lord God, that sets us free. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that every person here tonight will take off the old and put on the new and yield to the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you might have your way in every aspect of our lives. Lord, help us if maybe we've, we've given you some, of, some areas of our lives, but we haven't surrendered the others. Lord, help us tonight. Lord, help us tonight not to hold on to that old stuff. Help us to bring it to you, Lord. I just pray, Father God, that in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you will draw anyone here to the altar, Father God, and that they will come to you, that you might do in them and for them what they cannot do for themselves. I ask you to have your way in this place tonight, my Father. I ask you to have your way. I just want to invite you tonight. If you're struggling with some area of your life, you don't have to tell me about it, but I'm asking you to come and tell him about it. I'm asking you to allow him to take it, to take it. I'm asking you to put off the old and put on the new tonight. So the altar's open if you'd like to come. The Holy Spirit's here.